who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Vast Horizon, Season 3, Episode 8, Council. Slipline at full capacity. All incoming vessels ping as alliance and technocracy. Incoming transmission. It's the Admiral. Time is limited, Captain. Prepare for docking. Yes, yes ma'am. That was very fast. Oh. Did you send out a message about the Bifrost when you found the wreck? Of course. They must have been preparing for a possible deployment ever since. A ship that large, they most likely prepared for the worst. The worst? Possibly, but certainly the most complicated. Continue to maintain the hold position around the slip line. Inform the fleet that the incoming vessels are ours. Keep all Bifrost fleet ships out of the incoming path and away from the heliopause. Send a message to maintenance to complete the preparations for our guests. I do not believe we know how many are coming aboard, Captain. We don't. Just prepare any available guest cabins and a conference space. If needed, shift current occupants. Heading down to docking for the greeting effort. They should only be a few minutes out. <clears throat> Thought it would be a relief to have assistance arrive, but it doesn't feel that way. This worries me. Feels like the situation is escalating and I still have people to evacuate. The Slip Armada cannot bring back the Bifrost. They are here because there are clear and present dangers. Most likely they will agree that the first course of action is to continue the evacuation as soon as the full or even just the front wave of the Armada has arrived. But apprehension is understandable. This whole situation is beginning to feel very much like war. 
I was never well suited to the war. It was a duty, but I never sought out conflict. I was excited to be selected to captain the Bifrost. Commanding a science and exploration fleet seemed like the culmination of a life's work. There is no way you could have prepared for this. You did everything you could. <laughs> you weren't the only one to lose your ship out here. The first of the ships has docked, Captain. Transfer seal is finishing now. Admiral, welcome aboard the OTV Samek. Captain Sarpon of the lost OTV Walton, ma'am. Introductions on the way to a briefing room, Captains. Hopefully with some refreshments. It's been a long and very abrupt flight, and we have a lot to discuss. This way. Captains, the reports you sent have left the Alliance and Technocracy in a difficult and confusing position. Even more so, given we had only recently received the terrible news of the loss of the Bifrost. Now, I'm sure the esteemed team assembled here won't mind a quicken introduction. Meinren Tonron Rebenkan of the Senjimen Hall of Laws and Rights, our determiner and advisors on laws, both Trenon and human. Dr. Levin Lamitz of the Social Sciences Council, our assigned xenoanthropologist. Xenocultural anthropologist, Admiral, with an additional specialty in xenobiology. Yes, and also Dr. Vaka Hope, interplanetary sociologist and economist, also of the Social Sciences Council. Sean Ron Banzan Jenshen of the restored Tenwan Hall of the Alliance, a talented xenolinguist and representative of Alliance interests. And Dr. Shashi Kao Castillo, lead intelligence engineer for the University of Castillo and consultant on Rogue AI. Not from the Computer Sciences Council? No. I prefer a more active role in my work than a place on the council would allow me. Here we are. It is unusual not to have a direct representative of the order of the technocracy, but in this case, the power of representation has been passed to the duo of Dr. Hope and myself, with the additional input of Shonron Zenshen on behalf of the Alliance. Captains, you have lived through this strange endeavor, but we have only had access to the abnormal, if not disturbing, reports. I, first, would like to give my condolences for the loss of the Bifrost. Its mission brought hope to many in the Alliance. Also, to express my congratulations at the skill it must have taken to evacuate such a ship without the loss of a single member of the crew. Uh, thank you, Admiral, but it is... It is more complicated. Yes, I know. I read the report. But not losing a single person when the damage was so extensive is a feat, nonetheless. Now... The more complicated part. From your reports, it seems we still don't have a good understanding of what we're dealing with. Your reports lead us to believe it's a rogue AI, but the look on your faces now leads me to reconsider. There are... We have uncovered some possible developments. Three people aboard the Simak have now had direct contact with the entity, and our lead science officer, Dr. Mamechia, has the updated data on the local system. We are bringing additional equipment on the final ships of the first wave, and I would like to see all the data Dr. Mamechia has collected thus far. 
Anything and everything aboard the Semek is open to you, Dr. Shashi. So you no longer believe this to be the first contact with a non-human origin rogue AI? We're still unsure. Those with direct contact no longer see it as such. Those are who we must speak with. The witnesses. Captain Sarpond, could we get Sergeant Lawrence in here? He is still asleep. Dr. Shelley could not determine why, but she is attempting a safe stimulant to try and wake him. There are also the ex-Laki citizens Sansanon and Anfine. Tell us more, and we can decide, Captain Sarpon. One of my crew, Gunnery Sergeant Lawrence, remained aboard the OTV Walton after the rest of the crew evacuated, and we have been told he had direct contact with the entity, but he arrived aboard the Simek via a damaged tin vessel, unconscious and has yet to awaken. The Tin Arn, Fiend Stonin, had interactions with the entity while aboard the Walton. We have only had a limited time to speak with her. The Tin hailed us in distress and was brought on board less than an hour ago. Additionally, Sun Sanon Onrun, a prisoner aboard the OTV Bifrost, was... Uh, uh, his uh, evacuation data was falsified, similarly to that of Dr. Nolira Eck, and has had experiences with the entity aboard both the Bifrost and the Walton. Explain the falsified data. The current theory is that the entity itself falsified the evacuation records to keep Sansanon and Dr. Eck aboard the Bifrost. We do not yet know why. Before we continue, Admiral, I would like to ask about the continuation of the slipline evacuation. There are hundreds of thousands of civilians sitting out here on auxiliary vessels already approaching their intended flight time limits. The arrival of the Armada has only disrupted their evacuation further. Now I not only have crew mourning the loss of the Bifrost, their future, and the embryonic vats, but they are voicing fears over a possible conflict. Most of these colonists are not soldiers. Of course. After the last of the first wave, send your next wave of vessels through. Let us not assume conflict, but prepare for it. I would prefer all civilians clear of the slipline area far ahead of any encounter. So what have you learned since the reports? Anfine has informed us that it did kill, or at least incapacitate, Sergeant Lawrence when he attempted to stop the progress of the Walton. Fiend states that Dr. Eck was greatly distressed and knew that it would try to stop him. There was no recognisable cause of death or incapacitation, but we know now that he is alive. Anfine believes the entity is very protective of Dr. Eck. Also, it is called Ali. Protective in what way? You say Dr. Eck, but we've all read the files. We know it's Dr. Jiang, aren't we? Captain Sarpon, you reported earlier that you believed the situation could have been planned by Dr. Jiang, aren't we? When we knew very little, and Dr. Jiang, aren't we, was the mouthpiece of the alley entity, yes. Now we know that the scope of actions being taken are outside her or any individual's capabilities. Dr. Mometya just sent over her updated and condensed findings. They have been shared with the room. We can take better readings once the additional equipment arrives. But this is very extensive for what you have available. I did not know the Simek was capable of this type of work. Several of the small auxiliary vessels currently being used for the evacuation were intended as science vessels after reaching core. They were outfitted with better equipment than the Simek. And that is exactly on time. The equipment has arrived. Let's get it set up and get everything we can. Captain Park, get your science lead on the line. 
She was chosen to lead the team as those available to quickly deploy with the armada nowhere near matched her credentials. Oh, she'll most likely be delighted. Also, we don't have time to play he said, she said. Get Arnfeen and Sun Tsun on here, Sergeant Lawrence if he recovers, and anyone else you believe has insight into what is going on. For now, we need time to review this new information from Dr. Mamicha. Feel free to add in anything you think of over the next hour. Otherwise, we will reconvene in 90 minutes to discuss first steps toward communication with the Walton and this alley entity and the retrieval of the embryonic Vats. Dismissed. Give them time to go over the updates and get some food in them. But we need to have a talk about the Walton and about Dr. Ziang Ontui. I know Nolira. I was part of the team that brought her aboard the Bifrost. I understand she has a somewhat deserved reputation, but I don't believe she's capable of this. She's not a criminal. Really, she's a very intelligent agronomist who's having a very difficult time visualizing any kind of life ahead of her. The way she was acting aboard the Walton, making demands, didn't seem genuine. If anything, she seemed honestly worried for our survival and that of the Bifrost crew. Given the evidence to clear her, or any singular person, we only need to determine why she's helping the alley along. Sergeant Lawrence may know more. Also Sansanon, or even Mr. Barrow, the diplomat from the Cyroy 7. Yes, the other lost ship. The only one with casualties. But back to the Walton. Is there any reason, technical difficulties, sabotage, blockers, anything that should stop us from making contact? Not that I know of, ma'am, but we lost control of the vessel well before our evacuation. This entity controlled every ship in my fleet for days, Admiral. If it chooses so, I don't think a call will ever get through. We will see. Captain, a report on the status of the fleet. Our waves had to catch several of the fleet ships as they attempted to enter the system, as we discussed. But since the arrival of the Armada, the attempts have ceased. Otherwise, the first wave of the Armada has fully arrived, and the next wave of the evacuation has begun. Thank you, Gran. Certainly, sir. You sound tired. It's going to be another very long day, Gran. Please take care of yourself, sir. Your vessels and crew are in safe hands. I have no doubt. Keep me updated. Of course, Captain. up. Captain Sarpon, the prisoner is waiting in a nearby room, Captain. Thank you. Captain Park or I will signal when we require his testimonial. Uh, Mr. Barrow, please join us now. Mr. Barrow, I'm happy you included in this. I'm glad for now, but you'll have to forgive me if my mind begins to wander when you start going over the newest data specifics. I've had to put together a far more understandable report, at the Admiral's request. As we've all had time for a little bit of recuperation after the flight, let's begin. First, Dr. Mamija has had time to conduct additional analysis using the equipment we brought over and has politely agreed to an understandable new analysis of the data. We also have with us now Mr. Odin Borrow, who has had numerous interactions with Dr. Ji Ang on Tui, 
and whom we trust with discretion given his diplomatic position. Prisoner Sun Sunan Onrun and Arnfin Stonin are waiting elsewhere if we require their testimony. Though I have taken time to speak with Arnfin and believe the greatest benefit would be to speak with Gunnery Sergeant Lawrence if he awakens. Now, Dr. Mamija, let's get to it. Mamija. My science team and I have been engrossed by what we've been able to uncover since leaving the Heliopause. And after the quick attachment and calibration of the new equipment burdened by the Armada, we have even more to look over. My lead team and I have put together this presentation given the data we've collected so far. It may not be pretty, but the findings are remarkable. First, the local system, the center of all our attention and the current location of the Walton, the VATS, and our mysterious happenings. Previously, each of the bodies in this system were written off as uninhabitable. The scans we had to work with were those from around 250 years ago. After the initial settling in this galactic cluster, we had begun our search for viable planets, with follow-up scans from 115 years ago, and then again from 10 years ago. Each time, scans indicated an array of problems, a volatile sun, extreme radiation, imminent depressurization, and more. The Exilarchy never made a push for this system, so do we assume they have the same data? Possibly. It would make sense. Even later, Alliance and Free Planet Scan said the same thing. Up until now. We may need to weigh the value in bringing the Exilarchy into the room, even if just to access their data. They have stored data for many hundreds of years, more than the Free Planets. Though their involvement would not be without its consequences. There is no Monday saying we must, as the Exilarchy has refused to sign many of the interplanetary and spacefaring treaties. There are also great benefits. We cannot count out a powerful player. Sun Sanan Anru may be a prisoner, but he is still permitted communications. And Arnfien Stonen is here under our protection, having returned an injured officer to our charge. We cannot silence them. Legally, we can censor the convicted criminal. Sun Sanan never underwent a full trial, and has been promised a retrial. This is true. For now, we'll learn more. We can make that discussion later. Doctor, please continue. These are the scans from today. Same number of planets and moons. Same orbits. Vastly different information. One of the planets is not only habitable, but thriving. Similarly, there are two large habitable moons. What kind of life? We don't know. Some scans work. Density, composition, radiation, simple physical characteristics. But others, no. Our ability to study the life on the surface is limited to our incredibly distant visual scans. We can't seem to get much closer than the exosphere, like trying to watch an anthill from across the Natural Science Center. Why now? Why what? Why are we able to get this information now? How do we know this is true and not the older scans? Habitable planets and valuable resources are cliché lures. Ah, yes. So after the Bifrost fleets began to exit the asteroid belt, we slowly regained access to some of our close proximity scans, the minimal tools needed to properly navigate space, like those used on atmosphere planes. These scans recorded the asteroids we passed including the dwarf planets as viable mining locations, contrary to previous knowledge of the area. Per the report, you still did not have command of the vessels at that time. Those scans alone cannot be trusted. That is correct, ma'am. We did not have full functionality restored, only a few operations. We were not in control of our heading at the time. But that does not prove which is true and which is false. The scans you received could have been false, given that the fleet was still under influence. Yes, 
It's possible. Which is why we had to come up with proof the old-fashioned way. Looking with our own eyes. Here you'll see an image drawn by aerospace engineer Senkan Myonjin, a survivor from the Cyro 7. Senkan's evacuation pod passed by an object, which is depicted here. Senkan reported that it was without comparison to the known designs of both Chenin and human works, with which my science team and the engineering team agreed. Something similar in form passed by a fleet as we were still exiting the local system, but it was viewed through windows both with and without interfaces. These strange satellites were never accounted for in any of the previous scans, but our newest scans account for a minimum total of 22,540 unidentified satellite objects within the local systems, not accounting for incoming Bifrost debris, and we know at least two of these satellites' objects are true, having seen them in person. So many constructed satellites would never have gone unnoticed before. We were never able to see them before. If any data coming out of the system had been modified previously, we never would have known. Or more accurately, we would have known what Everett wanted us to know. So we can see the system, we can see the satellites, can we see the Walton? We cannot tell which scan is the Walton via any information the Walton would usually provide. But we do believe that a moving body of similar size and density approaching the habitable planet is the Walton. False information had been in place for at least 250 years. Why have the scans been permitted now? As of my conversation with Sunsanon, we think that Ali no longer cares. Ali has all the information now. If it can control and communicate with ships with such ease, contact with the Bifrost gave it everything. Every schematic, details on our history, access to the slipline request net. It had access long enough to pull anything it may have wanted or deemed necessary. Let us not move too quickly. First, we believe the local system to be habitable. Second, some entity team Ali has stolen the Walton and kidnapped embryonic vats of the Bifrost. What we must focus on is determining a safe and expedient way to return the embryos to the Alliance. This means identifying a possible contact for negotiations, be it Dr. Jean Antwi, or this Ali, or determining a means of extracting the bats. And we may have more information to work with. Gunnery Sergeant Lawrence just woke up. Dr. Shelley says his scans have come back normal and he's now well enough to be sent up to speak with us, if you would like to see him now, Admiral. Yes, if he is able, send him up. Yes, send him up. Thank you, Doctor. He's on the way. Dr. Mamecha. Please continue. All our previous data has been confirmed and my and Mr. Boris' theory strengthened. The pulses of charge seen through the medium are not the natural form seen in other interplanetary mediums, but more aligned with brain activity on a massive scale. It's thinking and acting through those highly organized charges. Stop! Say that again? The interplanetary medium is acting like a brain on a system-wide scale, using the exchange of ionic charge to process massive amounts of information, make decisions, and enact change on the space within it. So, it is life. What do you consider life? This is not the time for the philosophical. This is an intelligence, a sentience. But how? We could not create something on such a scale. Is it engineered, natural? I cannot tell you. I don't know. If it is alive and sentient, this is a discussion not of combating a rogue AI, but of navigating a first contact. Yes, it has inherent rights under the laws of both the technocracy and the alliance. Laws continuously updated since our first species encounter over 250 years ago. How can we make a determination like that? How can something on such a scale, not just a planet or station, but a whole system, 
How can we assume it shares any regard for the laws or morals we have in place? Should we assume it does not? To do so would eliminate all possibility of diplomacy. We cannot make speculation. To do so would endanger us further. We will discuss the actions that led to the abandoning of your post later, Sergeant. But for now, how are you feeling? Fine, sir. Uh, sorry about the chair. My fine motor coordination is still coming back to me. But I'm improving rapidly. I'm prepared to discuss what I remember of my time on the Walton with Nolira and Allie. Good. I don't think anyone here is keen on waiting. This is Gunnery Sergeant Samuel Lawrence. He was the only member of my crew to remain behind on the OTV Walton at the time of our coerced evacuation. Sergeant? Admiral. Doctors. Captain. Welcome, Sergeant. We have more than a few questions. Certainly, Admiral. We don't have time to start from the beginning, so be concise. Why did you stay aboard the Walton? How were you able to, given the express commands from Dr. Ziang on Tui? I had worked as the personal guard for Dr. Zhang Antui Nolira during her time on the Banan Blocker project, ma'am. Additionally, I was part of the team that failed to protect her from the abduction which led to her imprisonment on the GDIV Ranwan. Because of our history, I was surprised to find she was still alive when we rescued her and Sun Sanan from the Bifrost. I did not believe she was capable of enacting such a scheme that is the kidnapping of the Vats, so I tried to stay behind to confront her and hopefully return the Vats. Given the control of this Ali entity, why were you permitted to stay? Sir, Ali cares for Nolira in some way. It wants to befriend her and sees value in Nolira's presence. Given that Nolira was emotionally distressed from the actions underway, Ali permitted me to stay. It said something that Something about solitude being bad for people's health. Ali saw me as a tool to help Nolira, and as no threat to the emergence. The emergence? Yes, Admiral. From what I understand, Ali intends to use the embryos from the vats to start a new colony on the local system planet. It calls the development of this new society... The Emergence. Sutton, what is Ali? First, I thought it was a computer, but it's not. It even said so itself. When I asked, it said it was a living thing, but given its understanding of our classifications, it would not consider itself biological or artificial. I think it may be electricity, or radiation, or something. I'm sorry, I'm not a scientist. Ali said it is vast and very old. Hundreds, maybe thousands of years. I'm sorry... I'm, I'm trying to remember. Some... Some parts of it are still... I don't actually remember what happened to get me here. Not that I'm not glad. What's the last thing you remember, Sergeant? I was with Fiend. Dr. Shelley told me Fiend is here and fine, so that's good. But I was with Fiend in the tin, and I told her to distract Nolira. When she went to do it, I put on an EVA suit just in case, and started toward the engine room in an attempt to stop the Walton's progress. I grabbed a plasma torch and went to the engine room. Then... nothing. Yes, well, from the information we have from Anfina... Perhaps now it's not the time for this line of inquiry. Given how much a sergeant has been through, I understand it is important, but we must focus on the larger matter at hand. I have to agree. We must continue. If you can continue, sergeant... Please. Right. 
What would you like to know? More of this emergence and how it is that Ali intends to enact it. It is difficult to think that the intention is to raise 44,000 embryos into They killed them. Killed who? The embryos? No, the planet's people. The planet we were headed to, Ali had been hiding them and sending false information to our scans for years. Hundreds of years. Further confirmation. The planet and the moons, the habitable ones, they used to have people on them. A species, millions, billions, I don't know. Ali killed them all. Me. I think Ali killed me. How? How did it kill them? Why did it kill them? Sergeant? Lawrence. There was a point when Ali said that completely eliminating a race of beings was not a future answer. Eliminating a race of beings was not a future answer since it had made that mistake before. That it had eliminated three planets worth of people. The planet and the two moons, I think. That's consistent with the findings for the habitable bodies in the system. So the satellites are the remnants of those people. Those planets contain the remains of an entire undocumented species? We cannot allow the perpetrator of their genocide to destroy all that is left of them. Sinon said something like this once. That it told a story about its past. Get the sun in here. If the species was advanced enough to colonize a planet other than its origin, we may be looking at unknown styles of weaponry and planetary defense systems. To do such a thing, perhaps some were left alive on planets somewhere, or outside the system. Those that I eliminated are gone, absolutely. That is what it said. Ali said, word for word. Some system on the planets it could control. Is Ali itself a weapon? What stopped it from killing us all while we were in the heliopause? No Lyra. It is true. The thing wishes to protect no Lyra, and it values her happiness. Admiral, doctors, this is Sansanon on Rune. Go on. When it kept us aboard the Bifrost, we wanted to study how we interacted. When we were brought aboard the Walton, Nolira came to me to discuss a distressing matter. She believed the Bifrost AI had followed her on board. It eventually revealed itself and made claims for its power. But the only thing that stopped it from killing me, and most likely others, is Nolira. That sounds more like the Nolira I remember. And you said that Arnfeen said something similar. Yes. So, if we believe the Ali is present in the entirety of the interplanetary medium, and we have seen a pattern return of full control to our ships, we could speculate that its influence stops or tapers off at the heliopause. But the Ali's power within the local system is omnipresent. This is a single power greater than any we have known. It is criminal, judge, jury, and executioner. But not victim. How do we know? How could we know what it has gone through? Again, not the place. We need solutions. How can we get back the vaults? Stop this emergence? Or, at the very least, how can we open communication with the Walton? So far, all attempts have failed. I may have an idea, Admiral. If I may continue the presentation. Please. Now we move into further speculation. If we can get close enough using the gaps in the edge of the heliosphere, 
moving from one section of external magnetic force to another, we should be able to get within short-range capabilities of the Walton. To attempt communication with Ali. Or to cripple the Walton. Can you explain how that's supposed to work? The simple version. When we left the heliosphere, we regained and lost control in burst as we passed through our bubbles of force fluctuation in the heliopause where the forces of the depleted region of the heliosphere are overpowered by the forces of the interstellar medium. Think of the form on a drink. It's a mix of both air above and liquid below. If we can get a ship inside, the smaller the better, close enough to use a uh, physical deterrent, something like a satellite, then maybe we can find a way to do whatever you think is the right thing to do. So we need to get closer, close enough to send something physical, Are there any other ideas? We can send a small single slipweight vessel in, but even so, that is quite the gamble. The real-time data and skills needed to pilot in the safe magnetic field spaces would be immense. Well, yes, which is why we would need to outfit a single slip with advanced radiation and magnetic scanners, and we would like permission to attach a magnetic field generator to the vessel. We believe it would disrupt the heliosphere forces enough to minimize the alley's control, but it would certainly be noticeable. All of that is speculation. Yes, I'm not a military engineer. Neither am I well versed in this alley. No one is. But this isn't something we can combat in a typical way. We're looking for ways to redirect and lessen cosmic forces. Do we have a computer that can pilot that quickly? Possibly. It could be difficult to get a program checked quickly enough. If you don't have one, I'll make one. How long will that take? A few weeks. We do not have that much time. We must work quickly to stay within the bounds of our moral ordinances. We have several pilots, some of the best from the Armada. They specialize in single-slip vessels. This is hazardous. The pilots will be at risk the moment they cross into the heliopause. Yes, but if the magnetic shield works, we could even get close enough to make direct contact with the Walton. I'm sorry, Doctor, but this seems like a terrible idea. How can we know it will work? All information we get could be false. We can't test it. Yes, and yet we must make attempts to reach out to this alley. We must find a way to open a dialogue. There is so much here we could learn from. Sentience on a cosmic scale is not just something to be feared, but awed. Life perceived in a way we cannot begin to comprehend. But first contact has already been made. The alley selected Dr. Zhang Antwi as its own point of first true contact. If we think of why... We have few lines to draw. They are killers. Harsh, but true. It is a strong bond. Guilt. Or a feeling of responsibility. Do not assume it feels guilt. I won't. Dr. Mamecha, is this really what you see as the best route forward? If we cannot make contact through our normal channels, this is our choice, but we are running out of time. The Walton appears to be approaching the habitable planet. And once it is within the atmosphere, it will be all the more difficult to track. Also, the heliosphere is very complex. And to this point, our interactions with the Ellie have occurred outside of the termination shock. If we can even get a ship that far into the system, we may lose everything once they pass that point. The Ellie will be even stronger then. Sean Ron Zenshen, as representative of Alliance interests, tell me if you approve the motion to move forward with a vote. Yes. Begin the vote. I vote yes. Meinren Rembenkan? Yes. Dr. Lamitz? Yes. 
Dr. Hope? No. Dr. Shashi? No. And I vote yes, which means we move forward with the plan. Dr. Mamecha, the engineering team and equipment of the Armada is available for you. Let's get a single slip outfitted as soon as possible. Yes, Admiral. Captain Park, Captain Sapon, continue with the evacuation. Dismissed. No good will come of this. We are open to more ideas. I have none. I have been on the losing side of war before. I know this feeling. You appear to be in deep thought, Nalira. Can I assist you? Do you have nightmares, Ali? I do not sleep, so I cannot have nightmares. I have them. There's one I used to have all the time back on the stations. I would dream I was in a building with soldiers. I would be sitting at a console, controlling drones. I'm dressed like a soldier. Then the world just becomes fire and dust and rock. And I know it's what Chen went through. Nightmares about the loss of your brother are very reasonable, Nalira. He meant a lot to you. Do you believe you have these nightmares because you miss him? That moment changed my life in so many ways. Losing him, it spurred everything else into action. I wonder... Often I wonder if I should have been the one to die in the war. The Dr. Songdao Li military base was targeted due to its placement within a major free planet city and for the advantage it provided on Ten and the other nearby free planets. You were not inside the building. You were not targeted at that time. You were a civilian. You should not have died in the war. I am glad you did not die, Nalira. There are many others who feel the opposite. You will never encounter them again. Here, there is no one to know who we were. Here, we will create a better future. Here, there is no war. We will land soon, and there will be much to do. Please don an EVA suit and prepare yourself for arrival. Right. Vast Horizon, Episode 28, Council. Written and created by K.A. Stats. Produced with sound design by Travis Vengroff. Mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader with senior sound designer Dane Leonardson and featuring executive producer Dennis Greenhill. Starring Siobhan Lumsden as Dr. Nolira Ek, Tanya Milojevic as Ali, A.R. Olivieri as Sergeant Lawrence, Tianyi Skarkson as Arnfine Stonen, David Alt as Captain Sarpon, Lonnie Manella as Commander Gron, Daniel Demerin as Sunsananan Rune, L. Jeffrey Moore as Captain Park, David Devereaux as Auden Barrow, Su Ling Chen as Admiral Lau, Peter Joseph Lewis as Kenpen and Trun, and Benja Zaharlawa as Dr. Nyoto Jemison Mametya, also featuring Lex Ellett, Daniel Munoz, Georgi Pruitze, Mikhail Heitner, Dario Oman, Cheryl Kanekar, Vic Ramirez, and Carolyn St. P. The title theme, Adrift, was written by Brandon Boone, arranged by Stephen Malin, and performed by the Budapest Scoring Choir. Translations were provided by Sophie Yang and Hannah Quirakia. This episode would not be possible without the support of our listeners on Patreon. Please consider supporting our show at patreon.com slash foolandscholar or by sharing this show with a friend. This production is copyrighted 2021 by Fool and Scholar Productions and Vast Horizon is a trademark of Caitlin Stats. Thank you for listening.
What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.